0: And now, as a forgiven and a beloved people, let us hear our scripture reading for today. This is our final week in our sermon series on the letter to the Colossians. And so we are reading chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. I am reading from the Common English Bible Transl- Translation. But I encourage you, as always, to hear this or to follow along in the biblical language that best connects you with God. So once again, let us hear the letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And let us hear about our lives hidden in Christ. Therefore, if you were raised with Christ, look for the things that are above where Christ is sitting at God's right side. Think about the things above and not things on earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So put to death the parts of your life that belong to the earth, such as immorality, moral corruption, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. The wrath of God is coming upon disobedient people because of these things. You used to live this way, and when you were alive to these things, but now set aside these things, such as anger or rage, malice, slander, and obscene language. Don't lie to each other take off the old human nature with its practices and put on the new nature, which is renewed in knowledge by conforming to the image of the one who created it. In this image, there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all things and in all people. Lessons are our reading. These are the lessons of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Christ is all and in all. Amen? Amen? Now the last few weeks we have been making our way through this letter to the Colossian Church and discerning what it means to have a faith with strong roots. Taking a look at our foundations and making sure that our faith is built on something that will be solid and hold us up for years to come. A faith that is alive and well-nourished so as to produce good fruits of the spirit, such as joy and love, peace, kindness, mercy, and so on. And we've been tasked to ask ourselves who Christ is to us and how we would talk about that with others or live it out We've been tasked with considering ways in which we speak to that truth of Christ for us all, as well as considering how we can live that out as a statement of faith in action. As St. Francis of Assisi is quoted as saying, how can we preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words? And so here we are with today's text, And we are given some good practical ways to put into practice all this really heady, intellectual, theological reflecting that I hope we've all been doing. So let's dive in. The writer of today's text is speaking directly to us, just as much as they are speaking to this early Christian community that we've been journeying with these last few weeks. Because we, as much as they must have been, are feeling tension. It's a tension of living in a world that seems to constantly be at odds with our Christian beliefs, and so we are living in fear or feel like we have to make a choice about living in one world or the other. Now, full disclosure, there are some branches of Christianity that prescribe a Full pulling away from the world. A full on turning our backs on what is happening outside of our churches, outside of our small groups, outside of our families, and our communities that are steeped in our churches. And so some of these Pauline or maybe Pauline letters to the early churches have been used as examples of why it's important to live a life separate from the world why there's a need perhaps to be insular or remain in our little church bubbles or eschew anything worldly. But in truth, I believe that this letter is actually telling us to do the opposite. See, we are called to live fully in this world, to live fully embracing all of God's creation and to transform the places where we find brokenness to provide a balm that promotes healing and wholeness. And we can't do that if we separate ourselves from the world. And that is something that I think and believe that we do so well here in this church community especially, that we are able to combine the world outside of our doors as well as within and encourage God's light be shined throughout all of the places that we inhabit. But this is the thing. We are really good at embracing other people's flaws. But the reality of it is, is that we can only do this work when we first accept and embrace who we are as God's beloveds. And that, I believe, is what this letter is speaking to today. It is encouraging us to accept and embrace our identities as bearers of God's very image, as reflections of Christ's love in the world. It's not for other people. It's for us as well. Because when we do that, as the writer states, there's no room for the things that distract us. There's no room for things that separate us from living fruitful, spirit-led lives. Because when your identity in Christ is fully internalized, when you take it and you make it truly a part of your spiritual DNA, you can't but help to be more Christ-like in your actions and thoughts. And then those fruits of the Spirit become a reality without even trying or as we heard today when Christ who is your life is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory so what are the practical ways to do this because we can think of it all we want but if we don't put it into practice doesn't do us any good Amen? amen we now know what we're supposed to do As the writer says, set these things aside, such as anger, rage, malice, slander. Don't lie to each other. Take off the old human nature with its practices and put on the new, one that is renewed in knowledge by conforming to the image of the one who created it. Christ is all things and in all people including us. The writer of the text calls these behaviors sinful. Sinful because they cause the breakdown of relationships between people and creation, between people and their neighbors, between people and, yes, their own selves, and between people and God. When we set these things aside, when we welcome an indwelling of God's spirit, when we embrace our identities as bearers of the image of God, there is no room for the other stuff. There is no room for that which distracts us from the work of God's love. But it starts here, in our hearts, and here, in our minds, and here in our spirits. That is where it begins. It starts with the recognition of who we are, that we are holy and truly beloved and worthy of that love, both God's love and, therefore, our own love for ourselves, and who is often truly the hardest person to love sometimes but our own selves. And when we have a handle on that, we can't help but put that out into the places and the spaces we inhabit. And that's what leads to transformation. That's what leads to a world that knows wholeness and healing. That is what allows all things to be made new for us and for others. So beloveds, how are you going to take this to heart? how are you going to give yourselves the opportunity to see god to see yourselves as god sees you not the persona you put out there for the world to see but the real you how will you set aside the temptation to internalize those things that the writer speaks of that anger that rage, that malice, that slander, the obscene language that you hurl at yourself? How will you work on no longer lying to yourself that you're not good enough, that you're not strong enough or worthy enough to make a difference in the world? How are you going to work on no longer telling yourself the untruth, that you don't matter in the grand scheme of things? And instead, how will you work on embracing your true identity, the one that is truly a reflection of God, that is truly an expression of divine love in this world? The world has never been the same since the moment you were put in it. How? Will you remind yourselves of that as you do the work of love in the world? Well, we can do it through being in community with each other, by being church with one another. We do it by deepening our connections with each other and with God, by being church for and with each other. It's why we're here today. We can do it by encouraging one another to do the same work that we are doing to build deeper relationships with ourselves and with God. And that work is done when we build authentic spiritual practices. When we dive deep to find the things that work for us and work to connect us more deeply to God, it's okay to continue searching for what works. We do it by studying scripture together, to glean the wisdom that we can apply to our everyday lives, our everyday lives that exist in that broken world that is so desperately in need of healing, and by sharing our true selves with one another and with the world. That's where it begins. Because our identities, our true selves, Are the ones that know that we are called to live God's love, justice, mercy, and peace out loud in the world. And to do it in such a way that proclaims that truth that it all started with and that it ends with that Christ is all and in all. So let us begin. Let us begin today and every day to throw away those things that keep us from being fully connected to one another and to God. And let us do it together as a beloved people because Christ is all and in all, ourselves included. May it be so for each and every one of us. And may it start now. Amen.